the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Anything on your mind this hour? I've got a few things on mine I'll share with you. 602-508-0960. Proud to be coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. We'll go first to Bob and Buckeye, then I want to give you a few updates on things. Hello, Bob. Thanks for your patience. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. I got uh, one question for you. What if, if they find President Biden to be incompetent, I mean, he can make a case clear back to, like, the first week he was in office. He signed all those executive orders. He didn't even know what he was signing. Uh, do they know and void all these rules and people he put in places? I mean, go look at the legality he's going to put in the Supreme Court justice. If he's incompetent, did he make a true choice and put these people in laws and order? Well, yeah, well, you know what, Bob, you're raising what we call in the law a case of a case of first impression. Probably, uh, I don't know that we've ever had to go through that before, but I think it's where <clears throat> law and uh, and and policy or law and politics really do diverge. I can't imagine how you can redo things based on that. I, I just don't think you could. Uh, I don't know how you would, uh, nor do I think you could. I mean, you, you were talking about, what, legislation that was signed, executive orders that were signed, uh, agreements internationally that were negotiated. I just I just don't know how you could do it. But what you're highlighting is, and if Brandon's right, and it looks like he's right, if it's increasing, if this problem is accelerating, if it's, uh, for lack of a better word, metastasizing, uh, and getting and and exacerbating, then all the more urgency, all the more exigency to get get this taken care of sooner rather than later, much sooner rather than later. Especially as we're going into negotiations with Iran, especially as there may be other appointments. I mean, we just announced a tax bill today. Joe Biden said it's a tax bill on billionaires, and it starts hitting people who have a hundred million dollars in the bank. All right, you know, a hundred million is. You know, a lot more than I'll ever see. But I'll tell you something. It's not a billionaire. I mean, things are not connecting. They are not connecting in this White House. And we are in as if we're in it as citizens, as if it's a bad joke, one big bad joke that we all have to go along with here. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, sir. Uh, no big deal. Thanks for taking my question. That's all I have. Well, I just, I, you're highlighting an important point. How much worse do you folks want it to get and what stakes need to be raised? Now, what Bob's putting his finger on, of course, is a question that, you know, we American citizens are increasingly concerned about and should be. But we're not the only people. Remember, um, it might be too cynical for some tastes. I always thought it had a piece of merit to it, which is well, really, up until now, up until now, you know, the American presidency, you know, more or less directly, I mean, directly affects two categories of people more than any other. I think more immediately and more directly than any other. They are the poor of the poor in this country, 
and they are people who live in other countries. It's based on foreign and defense policy and aid. That point I underscore because we aren't the only ones who are noticing this. You know, the White House may have thought it could contain it, and I don't know how they go about it. I don't know if they have an inner circle that includes Jill Biden and Susan Rice and Ron Klain and maybe one other. I just don't know. I don't know how they have thought they could do this. But clearly for a long time, things have been wrong and curtains have been called, pulled down over our over our heads, including these weird mock-up, mock-ups of stages of the Oval Office that he does press conferences and meetings in that aren't the real Oval Office. Last I checked, the Oval Office wasn't going through renovations. It's it, A lot of this is just really not normal stuff. It's not normal for him to give the speeches he's giving. It's not normal for him to give the answers he's giving in the Q&A. It's not normal for him not to take Q&A from a multitude of reporters rather than two or three. It's just abnormal. It's not normal for pre- uh, excuse me for staff to have to walk back and clarify statements of the president. It's not normal for the president to be out of sync with his press secretary. It wasn't the biggest thing today, but just, you know, there's a million little things going on, a million little pieces here. He mentioned today he was asked by one of the one of the members of the media if he watched any of the hearings with uh, with Ketanji uh, Brown Jackson. He said, no, he didn't. I wished I had. Well, last week, Jen Psaki said he has been tuning in and out uh, when he has had a chance. Now, this isn't the biggest deal. I actually wouldn't expect him to be watching those. But, you know, they are in the business of misleading you, lying to you. I don't know if Jen Psaki is in on it, but they are in media arrests of lying and concealing. And it's now open. It's now open for not just the um, Republicans to see. It's now open for the entirety of the American public to see, including Democrats. And it's not just open to Republicans and Democrats and independents in America. It's now open to the world leaders and the rest of the world to see as well. Understand how problematic that is. Understand how dangerous that is. If you're an enemy of the United States, and we have some, we have some. They haven't changed in an awfully long time. They have been at times pacified or quelled, and they have been uh, at times on the march and uh, unquiet. You can you can look at the Middle East. You can look at North Korea. You can look at China. And now also look at Russia. They know this about this guy because we know it about this guy. It's the, one of the problems, classic problems of an open society, right? It's one of the classic problems of an open society and uh, covert operations. Every enemy of the United States has an easier time of covert operations against us than we do against them because we typically, you know, print everything. We we have a media that can't wait to publicize classified wartime intelligence when it's when it's uh, a Republican president. We have we have a media that can't wait to disclose secrets that can't, you know, wait to put everything bad out there they can at least about Half the parties, half the American people's uh, voted in president. They do a little bit more of a, you know, curtailed job when it's a Democrat. They've tried to protect Joe Biden. What do you think the Hunter Biden laptop thing was all about? That was about protecting Biden as well. But now it's out there. Now it is all out there. And this, as if those the Russia thing is the only crisis going on, there are a ton of crises going on, a 
I mean, you know, whether we're talking about inflation, whether we're talking about the economy, the border. Has anyone talked about the border? Whether we talk about drug overdoses, do you realize at just Texas in just at the Texas border with Mexico this past year, 87,000 pounds. Let me repeat that. 87,000 pounds of fentanyl were seized. Okay. Think about that. That's 20 million people if that got into the wrong hands. Dead. 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 That isn't a crisis. How about this? Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds in America. How many of you know that? If you were to ask someone on the street what's the leading cause of death for an 18 to 45-year-old in America... My guess is, my guess is, because of the hysteria, people would have said COVID. It ain't COVID. It never was. It is now drug overdose, primarily fentanyl. Fentanyl. I do want to do an update on um, the Will Smith story because it's important on a few cultural levels. But I will do so with this peremptory caveat by a, a, a tweet from a man who openly states he's in recovery in San Francisco. In San Francisco, more people have died from fentanyl than COVID, okay? Know that, A. 50 overdoses to death a month in San Francisco. 50 overdose deaths a month. Dog overdoses eating fentanyl-tainted foil. It's not just the – you know, my experience in these things is if you ran ads on the dogs being killed by fentanyl, you'd do something about it. People are much more interested in saving animals' lives than human lives. I'm on their side when it comes to this thing, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But just know that if anyone is thinking about doing some kind of public ad campaign, use animals. 200 drug dealers selling illicit fentanyl in the open downtown. Openly. 200 drug dealers openly in downtown San Francisco. Thousands of homeless struggling with addiction and mental illness. And we're concerned with Will Smith. I get it. I get it. That having been said, I think our ratio of coverage on the fentanyl and drug overdose issue on this country can survive another minute of Will Smith. I think we've been pretty diligent on this, and I do have to give you an update on it. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Open lines Monday. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That's a John Sebastian song. That's Johnny Cash and his wife, June Carter, singing at San Quentin Prison. If you ever have the chance to go back and back uh, and watch that video of him at San Quentin, 67, 68, somewhere around there, um, it's worth doing. That was the hardest of the hardened were imprisoned there. I want you to look at what our criminal, our hardened criminal class looked like in those days. Looks like the cast of Mad Men. Just thinking about you know, cultural slide and, uh, you know, failing indexes of cultural indicators. All right. Uh, where am I going to? Oh, Bob and Payson. Hello, Bob. Hey, Seth. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, fine. How are you, sir? Hey, did you happen to listen to Trump rally in Georgia last this past weekend? I saw a uh, snippet. Is that the right word for it? I saw a, a, a squib. 
uh, but I didn't catch the whole thing. Did you catch the whole thing? I, I did, and one thing I caught in particular, and I don't know if anybody, I haven't heard it mentioned on any radio station yet, did you listen to Matt Gates, Representative Matt, Matt Gates' comment? No. He said, here's quote, I don't have it written down as best I can paraphrase here, that when the Republicans take control of the Congress this November, and I assume when he says Congress, I mean, I think he means the Senate and the House. I think that constitutes the Congress. Yes, sir. He said the first thing they will do is impeach Joe Biden. Hmm. The second thing he said, and here's you're going to have to help me with this, I don't know all the rules, that when the caucus meets for the new House, that he will nominate Donald J. Trump as Speaker of the House. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) If I'm interpreting interpreting this right, if Biden's gone and Kamala Harris is still there, and if, and I understand, I didn't realize this, I was kind of doing a little research here, that a Speaker of the House doesn't have to be a member of the House. I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. The word they use in the Constitution, they, they will be chosen. Yeah, I think you're right about that technically. I don't know that there's ever been an example of it, though. Do you? I don't think there never has. Ha- yeah. Never has happened. Yeah. So it's always been a representative. Yeah. If that were the case, then Kamala Harris will be not be able to handle the pressure. I think she will resign. It does not the Speaker of the House at that point in time become president. Yeah. That, that would be the way that works. That would be the way it works. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just I just heard Matt Gates. I do think it's here. a it's it's I, I you know, don't don't bet the milk money on this happening, Bob. It's, it's a long. Time. Yeah. OK. All right. All right. We're on the same page. All right. But, 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 I ha- but, I, but I haven't heard it anywhere in the country today about that. comment. Well, OK. I you know, I. The, it's it's interesting. I I I guess I should go. Did was the rally? Was it? Uh, did, did did Donald Trump say anything about running for president? I know people are trying to read tea leaves on that. Did he, 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 did, did he give any he, indications? He did not. Yeah. He did not. Matt. He invited Matt Gates on the stage, yeah. and he was up there for about a minute and made those two comments that I just indicated. Well, I, uh, you know, it's funny. These rallies are taking place. They're not getting the coverage they used to. I assume they're selling out still. I assume. I don't know. I don't know if you can had, tell. Said he had over thirty-five thousand. Well, that's even if not sold out. That's that's pretty good box office. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good box office. Did yeah. the Beatles? What was the Beatles? What was the Beatles' largest concert? I don't know, but it wasn't the largest concert. Uh, whatever it was, uh, I know. Once upon a time. In the early 80s, the largest concerts were in the 500,000 to 700,000 neighborhood at Central Park with like Elton John or uh, Simon and Garfunkel. I think their concert in the park was rated up there. But I believe that that has been surpassed. I believe that it has been surpassed. But you have to go to the pretty high hundred thousands, if not. Low millions to get those. Anyway, sir, I just thought I'd bring this up. Yeah, well, let's (laughs) take a look at it. (laughs) We live in strange times, Bob. We live in abnormal times, which means that, uh, you know, in a way, prepare for anything. I don't know if I'm just being totally candid with you that beyond a rally cheer 
or a cheering point. I don't know that Donald Trump is suited to be the Speaker of the House in the sense that, um, you know, the Speaker of the House has to be heavily involved on policy, intricate policy, uh, whipping votes and, and, and the like. It's a hard job that requires a lot of detail work. Um, I I just don't know that that's Donald Trump's fort. I I don't I don't think he'd want that job. Um, you know, if is there no one in the Congress who 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 we would prefer to uh, to uh, to the uh, to Kevin McCarthy? Of course there are. Of course there are. Uh, I can I can think of any number of congressmen who who I would prefer who are there already now and elected. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I guess it could be done. I don't, I, as I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the milk, the milk bunny on it. Um, and I, the point I did want to return to, it's, it's interesting. The media isn't covering these things anymore. You remember in, uh, basically 20, 2015 through the end of the Trump presidency, they couldn't get enough of him. He was good TV. Um, Obviously, MSNBC felt like they had a lot to answer for uh, with their audience because they gave Donald Trump so much airtime. But he was good for ratings. He was good TV. NBC had gave him a show for years. That was a top rated show. They all had to kind of issue regrets over that sort of thing by realizing that they were the ones in large part responsible for so much of his um, political viability and then success. And I think what we're learning from the media now, if you can try to figure these things out a little bit, is that they don't care about box office anymore. These corporations that own these media companies are so large now that they can afford for some of their networks to be lost leaders. I mean, right, if you scratch your head and wonder why CNN or MSNBC haven't moderated a little bit, wouldn't they be picking up more audience if they did? We have to realize it's not in their interest any more than it's in the Arizona Republic's or Washington Post's or New York Times interest. For some reason, they care much more about the ideology than they do about the bottom dollar. And that's not surprising either. That's not surprising either. What do you think actually a Marxist would care about? You think the profit is the profit margin is what the Marxist ideology cares about? Of course not. Of course not. It's the uh, continuing and ongoing permanent revolution and the cause, the cause, the uh, permanent revolution and the cause. That's what they care about. All right. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. I'll give you this update when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I told you I'd give you an update on the Will Smith story. Here it is. He has issued a statement. And, you know, conveniently enough, I'm guessing the reporting in the history of this will be Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and then apologized, and that'll be the end of it. I think there was more there, but particularly on on the Academy's part and the rest of the Hollywood part and, of course, the video – Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. Not of the not of the punch, but the after party where Will is partying it up. 
dancing like, you know, like he's king of the world around an entire, you know, crowd of Hollywood glitterati and celebrities. Nothing wrong here. I'm guessing Chris Rock went home. I'm guessing Chris Rock felt like he was the um, the offending party when, in fact, he was the victim. But in any event, here's the here's the uh, release. Violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would like to also apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees and everyone watching around the world. I'd like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. I just wonder, you know, what happened between the hours of him doing that, his getting us award, the after party, the celebrities standing up and cheering him on, partying and dancing with him, and everything that transpired until about an hour ago when this came out. I, I, I the, this, this just wasn't a hard one. This wasn't a difficult one. And there's all these rationalizations. I don't know if you're following it on social media the way I am. Rationalizations justifying his behavior. Now, just just a just a quick thought again back to what I was saying in the monologue um, you know when Trump was president any violence in the culture that was taking place the ladies of the view the men of CNN and so many adjuncts and auxiliaries would say things like well this is the culture of hate and violence that has been emanating from Donald Trump in the White House I saw any number of stories about that sort of thing including a defense of Jesse Smollett, that Donald Trump, you know, caused Jesse Smollett to do that um, and caused the violence that sometimes was taking place in America at people's surprise. OK, I, you know, when it comes to Hollywood's own, boy, they're going to surround themselves and wrap themselves up in A, defending themselves and then B, of course, defending their president, who in the last week – as was pointed out by PBS as well as Fox News, has had more warlike statements, more militaristic statements in the last week than Donald Trump in four years. Whether it's about unleashing chemical weapons, whether it's about deploying the 82nd Airborne to Ukraine, or whether it's about calling for regime change. Now, during the break, someone just sent me a clip from CNN. I was talking about CNN. Someone just sent me a clip of Don Lemon on CNN justifying what Joe Biden said about regime change, or at least about Putin having to go. Understand what happened here. Don Lemon can defend Joe Biden all he wants. His administration is not defending him. You can't be more supportive of Joe Biden than his administration. His administration sent out word and correction and walk back after word, correction and walk back. I don't know if Joe Biden got the memo. In his press conference today, he said, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man and the brutality of it. I'm not walking anything back. That is not 
a retraction. That is not a walk back. None of this, by the way, those are who are comparing it, as I was mentioning earlier, to Reagan's tear. None of this surrounded Reagan's tear down this wall stuff, which was a in the speech after some fighting, but it was in there, written by a speechwriter that Reagan liked and it was used. There was never a walk back. Turned out to be prescient. Gave a lot of hope to a lot of people. The only thing here that's giving hope is false hope, which I have said from the beginning was Biden's problem with Ukraine, raising expectations so high they will be impossible to meet. It will be a massive letdown. As I'm thinking, Democrats are thinking his presidency is looking just about now. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-5089-60, portions of which brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature, whole food nutrition. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are made from fresh whole produce through their advanced cold vacuum process. The vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and vegetables are preserved so that you can get that vital nutrition in each capsule. I take it every day. I've taken it for three years. It has kept me well for three years years. It makes you feel better, it protects your health, and it maintains your health. That is to say, boosts your immunity. 100% natural. And it won't take you weeks to realize what it's doing for you. You're putting, you know, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole veggies into your body. You're going to notice it right quick. You're going to notice the difference, the energy uh, levels you're gonna and it's all natural it's no caffeine it's no sugars nothing like that check out their fruits and veggies at balance of nature balanceofnature.com make sure to use discount code balance did you know this was going on i guess i'm not surprised by it i just didn't realize it was so ridiculous so i was talking to you about joe biden um and his press conference today one of the most Bizarre things I have ever seen, denying reality in real time, denying direct quotes in real time to reporters and then and then retracting the walk back from his administration <clears throat> from his administration over saying that uh, Vladimir Putin had to go. So you can see this on Twitter. A listener sent this to me. Joe Biden was given a printed note card to walk into the press conference with. The head and it's in in large uh, font. I don't know, twelve or four, probably fourteen point fourteen or sixteen point font, and it's headlined, "Tough Putin Q and A Talking Points." It's got two of them, <laughs> two, <laughs> only two, two, but it's headlined, top of the bottom, uh, top of the note card, "Tough Putin Q and A Talking Points." Now you would think. The man who continually brags about being the most experienced foreign policy expert to ever sit in the White House, even PBS telling him he was today, you would think he wouldn't need a talking point on this question. Can I read you the question they surmised he would get? If you weren't advocating for regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? Okay, he got variations of that question. Here's the answer he was supposed to give per the note card. I was expressing... The moral outrage I felt toward the actions of this man, I was not articulating a change in policy. Well, that's not what he said. He said, I'm not walking anything back 
The fact of the matter is I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing in the actions of this man and the brutality of it. It's not what the card said. It's not what he was supposed to say. He wasn't supposed to say I'm not walking anything back. He's said it twice. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel and making no apologies for it. That sounds like a doubling down to me. That sounds like a doubling down. But did you realize that this adult president needed a note card in large font to give him an answer to that? Because, after all, most experienced president in foreign policy. Brandon and I were talking, Brandon Weikert and I were talking a little bit about the fact that he lives in Florida and what Florida is going through. I was mentioning earlier, Ron DeSantis has signed uh, the legislation, Florida's HB 1557, which presents, prevents teaching five to nine-year-olds about complicated issues having to do with sex and gender, what the left calls the don't say gay bill. And I was making the point, as I have made before, and as maybe many of you also know already, which is that, you know, the elite culture that tries to undermine undermine because it can't stand Western society and Western values, the the revolutionaries among us, if you will, uh, the revolutionaries among us are represented by elite culture. Corporation heads, newsmakers, news corporate media types, Hollywood, of course, you bet. Now increasingly our uh, public education system and sad to report some of our private education system as well. Um, They are not the majority of Americans. The vast majority of Americans support common sense values. They may not know it because they don't have the megaphone and the microphone that, say, the head of Disney has. So here's Disney's press release on Governor DeSantis signing the legislation today. I'll read it to you in full. Florida's HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Well, first of all, it's only known as the Don't Say Gay Bill because you created it. This is the... This is the this is the metaphorical version of uh, of the um, of the defendant who pleads for mercy on the court because he's an orphan when he's being sentenced to killing his parents. Right. OK. Yeah. All right. Also known as the don't say gay bill. You're the one that. OK, you get it. Shouldn't it should never have been passed. The CEO of Disney said and should never have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed. By the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. Let me just say two things about that. One, not a single member of the LGBTQ plus community family, either at Disney, in Florida, or in the country, is going to lose a single right as a result of this. Not one. It's about teaching five to nine-year-olds about gender issues. Not a single member of that community is going to lose a right. That's number one. Number two, I really want you folks to think about what Disney is these days. It is probably the number one children programming company in the world. 
Probably it is. They have colluded with China. They have filmed movies in Xinjiang province, which is the heart of darkness of concentration camps and a holocaust against the Uyghur population. And they support this nonsense, actively trying to use the money you spend on their fare to repeal this bill and take down the notion that this bill should be law. I want you to think about that when you think about your children's entertainment and the companies you look to to provide it. This is what they want to do with your children. I'll tell you why when we come back. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Where does all this anti-family stuff come from? Where does all this uh, conquering of nature, male-female stuff, inability to define the word woman come from? Now, you've heard me say many a time, you may not be interested in political philosophy, but it's interested in you. Where does this disruption of the Western family come from that the BLM tried to foist on us? Where does all of this redefinition come from? As Whitaker Chambers says, it's the second oldest faith in the world that we shall be as gods. It comes from Marx. It comes from Karl Marx. And that's why you have neo-Marxist scholars up on the website at the Smithsonian talking about their stuff. This is why you have neo-Marxists at Boston University and at other universities doing their stuff. Here's Karl Marx in his notes on Feuerbach. The essence of man is no abstraction inherent in each single individual. In reality, it is the ensemble of social relations, which is to say it is society which shapes man's nature, not nature, not God, society. Later, he would write, quote, man makes his life activity itself an object of his will and consciousness. Leon Trotsky wrote, man will make it his purpose to master his own feelings, to raise his instincts to the heights of consciousness, to make them transparent, to extend the wires of his will into hidden recesses and thereby to raise himself to a new plane to create a higher social biological type, if you please, a superhuman. Che Guevara, quote, to build communism, it is necessary simultaneous with the new material foundations to build the new man. We could do this all day, folks. Just remember, you may not be interested in political philosophy, but it's interested in you, your kids, your children, your museums, your news, your Supreme Court, and everywhere else they can find you. It needs to be our interest to go on the offensive against it. I'm Seth Leibson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.